0: Uh, there's something about a football game today football game today and uh, I just thought I'd share this with you I did post it on Facebook so some of you have seen it but I know a lot of people here aren't on Facebook but uh, I posted this on our Doolin's Grove page you should be as excited about church as about the Super Bowl so when your pastor makes a point this Sunday pour Gatorade over his head Well, first off, Matt's not here. And he's your pastor. Secondly, Beth Duncan came up and handed me two bottles of Gatorade, and they're there in the front pew. And I see if anybody running for the front pew this morning, I'm out of here, man, I tell you. you Mm. But, you know, I've often thought if we would just put as much excitement in church toward God, (laughs) the creator of the universe, That's bigger than a Super Bowl. Man, oh man, oh man. Can I get a hallelujah? (laughs) All right. Keep pounding. (laughs) There were some thought as to really what we needed to do with this time allotted for a sermon. And uh, there was some thought of maybe just having a time of testimonies. And I actually have to say, I think the Lord spoke to me in the sense that this is an opportunity, and, and I mean this with all seriousness, this is the opportunity we can talk about our pastor. We're not talking behind his back. We're talking about a man who has the call of God on his life. And what prompted that thought is that we had gathered together and, um, in, the, in, the, in the pastor's office for our time of prayer he shared with us the tension that he was sensing as he wants to be here with his congregation this morning. And at the same time, recognizing that there's a family within our family that really need a pastor. And he, he said at the very beginning, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Would you pray with me through this? And those of us who were in the room were able to have that privilege of praying with our pastor for God to speak to him as to what he needed to do at this very moment, is it related to ministry, to the flock, to the church, to the body of Christ. And after the time of prayer, he says, I know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> he says, I, I really feel like I need to be there. And we, we, we affirmed that. We felt that that's exactly right. And Richard uh, joined him, and they are there at a, a very, very important time in the lives of some of the people of our family. And that's why I want to talk about our pastor. Um, I can say this now because I'm not a pastor, but it's a rough job. It is a hard job. It is full of all kinds of blessings. It is, it is rich with life experiences that changes you forever. And there's also some, uh, there, there is a lot of struggles and hurt and pain and scars from pastoring. I'll point that out a little bit later as we get through this thought that I've put together this morning. No, I didn't put it together this morning. I grabbed it this morning and brought it to you, is what I did. <laughs> but throughout the scriptures, there is the reference to the shepherd. It begins in Genesis as Abel is recognized as a shepherd and he, he is involved in worshiping the Lord by giving him his best. And then there is Moses who is worked, is recognized as a shepherd uh, leading a flock out of Egypt and watching over them as they go through the wilderness and preparing them for what will be the promised land. And then there is David, David who is recognized as the shepherd. Psalm 23 comes to mind immediately as the picture of the shepherd written by David himself. David, a a, a shepherd, pastoring a flock, having a heart after God. That, I think, begins to give you an insight as to what is involved in this calling on the life of a man or a woman to be a pastor. You, You... you have a sense of responsibility for the people that God has entrusted to you to the point that you'll, you'll do anything for them, just about as it is related specifically to God or Christ's instructions. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And while there may not be the martyrdom that is exercised in church after church after church, There are men and women who have given up their life for the people that have been entrusted to them. And not just in the physical sense. I think in in so many ways of the sacrifice of time, the sacrifice of preferences, the sacrifice of, of things that they would choose to do but cannot, because they sense this responsibility, this special call in their lives to care, to love, to nurture, to protect to watch over, to lead, to nourish the people that God has entrusted to them. There's a passage of Scripture that I used uh, a while back. I was um, I had the privilege of going to um, Berea, a little Advent Christian church uh, just north of here, up near Lenore, when um, Floyd Boston was being recognized for 50 years in the pastoral ministry. Wow, what a milestone, 50 years. And uh, I, I brought with me a shepherd's crook that I had gotten from Tim Laniac, who was the professor at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. And I, I, presented, it, I presented it to, to uh, Floyd with, with these words from 1 Peter 5 2, 4. Be shepherds of God's flock that are under your care. Serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over them, those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. There are some men and women in ministry that are going to receive that crown of glory because of their faithfulness to the call of pastoring, of shepherding God's people. i got to tell you, I think that description fits our pastor. Now, he would be totally embarrassed (laughs) if we were here right now and hear me talking about him this way. But we have a man who is not lording over us. He is caring for us. He is not doing it for any personal gain. He is doing it out of love for Christ and His church. He is doing it willingly. I mean, he could go back to marketing if he wanted to. And he told me this this morning, he could could even sell chicken at Chick-fil-A if he wanted to. (laughs) That's a part-time job, so... (laughs) In Jeremiah, God makes a promise to a people that are it just they're they're dispersed, they're they're they have been banished from their homeland and 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 there is the promise that He is going to bring them back together and, and deal with all the calamities of life that they have experienced basically what they have brought upon themselves because of disobedience. And God says to, the, says to them in, uh, through Jeremiah, I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. It, it's according to God. It isn't, you know, I can remember one of the conversations that we had when, when Matt was being considered for the church. Um, he showed up one Sunday, uh, not by chance. <laughs> uh, he had become involved with our kids, and we had him fill in one Sunday to preach. And And all of us were so moved by the depth of the message. It was right on and, and, and solid in the word. And, and as we were going out the door, one of our, our church members came up to me and says, do you think he could be our pastor? And, of course, the first thing I wanted to say, boy, I hope so, but we weren't in a position to say that because Matt at that particular time in his life hadn't sensed the call in his life to be a pastor. He was working through it as he was dealing with, uh, as Harold Aldridge was kind of mentoring him and taking him along and Glennon and Bosser speaking into his life and, and others sharing uh, opportunities just to help Matt kind of sort through it. But he wasn't called at that particular point. It is a sacred calling. It's more than ordination that is recognized among men. It is God's hand upon that person. And we've got to remember that. We've got to remember that. It isn't that we employed him. He isn't our our go-to guy. He isn't the overseer of a, a small business. He is God's appointed man for the ministry of this church. And wherever God would lead him, with this body of believers or beyond. But somehow, we kind of minimize this role of pastors. Uh, I came across a little uh, piece put together by a guy named Robert Cooney. And he writes, being a pastor means spending three years studying systematic theology only to discover that the most scholarly comment people respond to is, God loves you. Can you imagine that, pouring your life through almost six to seven years of school? And some of us, it took longer than that. It it is is being serious about the discipline of sharing God's word. But when when it is boiled down, it is telling the people simply, God loves you. And he reveals it to us Sunday after Sunday or Wednesday night or whenever it is through the word, how God loves us. Pastors are asked to do some of the craziest things in ministry. I know a pastor who was asked to come to the dedication of a convenience center. That's a polite word for two bathrooms on a campground. Pastor, would you come over here and bless our toilets? (laughs) And that's happened in more than one occasion, I assure you. (laughs) I have have an uncle who who has traveled the world and has been involved in missions in Asia and uh, and is quite respected. And lo and behold, he had the opportunity to bless a toilet during his uh, tenure as a representative of our denomination. pastor works overtime, but he doesn't check the clock. He doesn't punch in, he doesn't punch out. He is on the clock 24-7. I hope you can appreciate that. See, a lot of us can kind of hang it up and go home. But I tell you, the true pastor, when he goes home... He is thinking about that person in the hospital. He is thinking about that kid that just ran away from home. He is thinking about the separation between a man and a woman. He, he is thinking about all kinds of things that are gripping the very life of the church. It's on him or her 24-7. They eat it, they drink it, they breathe it, They need sleep on it. Because why? Because they love the Lord. They love his church. And they love the people God has entrusted to them. I had an opportunity, uh, Norma might remember, some time ago. We shared this in Sunday school, uh, just kind of trying to figure out, what does a pastor do anyway? How does he use his time? You know, he only preaches on Sunday. So I had him, I had him just list things on the blackboard of all the things that they could remember that the pastor does. We put it down. Oh, well, they're supposed to prepare a sermon, and then they are supposed to lead the church... In ministry, and they're supposed to lead the youth, and it's, oh, they gotta prepare a lesson for the youth, and then they gotta visit, uh, the people in the community in the shut-ins, and then they go to the nursing homes, and then they have to visit the people in the hospital. They gotta be available for administration in the building. Well, they got services on Sunday from 9 to 12, Wednesday 6 to 8. They do funerals, weddings, counseling, reaching to the lost. They go to meetings in the church, they go to meetings outside the church, they go to meetings they don't wanna go to. Now, if you would just make a list yourself sometime and you put a number of hours you think are required to complete these tasks, I'll guarantee you it comes out to more than 40 hours a week. I guarantee you it comes out more than 50 hours a week. I bet you it's close to 60, 65 hours a week a pastor, a good pastor, will pour in the life of his church. That is that is the active duty. That isn't the the conscious exercise, the, the aching heart. The sense of identity with his people and how much he loves them. I mentioned uh, Tim Leniak a little earlier. He wrote a beautiful book. He went went to Israel and spent six months with the Bedouins. Uh, These are shepherds. And he lived with them in their tents. And he wrote a book uh, called While Shepherds Watch Their Flocks. And he, he made a list of things that shepherds do for their sheep. Listen to this. And it, and it it all equates to leading, how a shepherd leads the sheep. Leading means feeding. Leading means caring. Leading means looking for the lost. Leading means breeding through discipleship. Leading means watching. Leading means interceding. Leading means healing. Leading means bleeding Leading means being led. I, 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 I want to just land on a couple of these real quick. Leading means looking for the lost. Matt and I occasionally will share a meal together, and for a while we had a routine that uh, once a week or once every other week we'd land at uh, Shomar's for breakfast. And Matt got to know Alice And he asked, no, Jennifer, two of our waitresses that were there every time we sat down. And Matt would say, hey, how you doing? Is there anything that we can pray for you this morning as we come together? And these these ladies, we found out more about some of the things that were happening in the lives of these ladies because of Matt wanting to know where they were in life and what was happening in their life. You see, a pastor isn't care just about caring just about his church. The pastor cares about God's children wherever they are in the world. Leading means being led. Matt gives himself faithfully to the exercise of prayer and reading the word so God can speak into his life so that he is equipped to lead us so he can nurture us. Peter Drucker, this is amazing. This is an amazing statistic. Peter Drucker And he's considered a a, a guru in leadership. He has studied all the industries, and he knows how they function, and he knows the ups and downs and the challenges that CEOs have to deal with in the work world. He says that the four hardest jobs in America, and he, he, he specifies, and not necessarily in this order, are the president of the United States of America, a university president, a CEO at a hospital, and a pastor. Wow. Among the top four most difficult jobs in our country. (laughs) This guy studied it. He knows what's demanded of people who are in positions of leadership.